Welcome to the Next Chapter Podcast. Whether you were going from high school to college, from college to the real world, from nine to five to entrepreneur, or literally anything in between, we are here to help you turn the page from dreams to reality. Welcome back to the Next Chapter Podcast, where we help turn the page from dreams to reality. Today, we're going to look at the topic of distractions. So Matt, start us off. Yes, sir. So talking about identifying and eliminating distractions today, um, this is a very, I think, underrated topic because yep. anything in life can either be seen as an opportunity or a distraction, um, whether it's going to contribute to your overall goals or pull you away from it. So first of all, how can you guys identify an opportunity versus a distraction? I think it's very hard for a lot of people to do, mainly because some opportunities can be in the form of a distraction meaning you can think you're doing something productive but when you start doing it you're honestly just procrastinating wasting time because you don't want to do the actual work that's necessary i think it's very hard for a lot of people to tell the difference but think about your long-term goals is what you're doing right now going to help you get to where you want to be in the future or is it going to hold you back if you were to repeat this habit over and over again for the next five years, would you get closer to your goals or would you remain the same? And mm-hmm. I think that's the easiest way to tell what a distraction is versus an opportunity. Yeah, I think it's super hard to tell. But one thing I recently heard was if you are able to write down the activity, what you're doing, and if you're able to objectively say, is this getting me closer to my end goal? If yes, then it's an opportunity. If no, then it's a distraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I think the common denominator for, between both your guys' explanations was like you need to be clear on your goals in life or what you want or what is important to you. Yeah. Because if you don't have that clear vision, then you don't know what is an opportunity. You don't know what is a distraction. But if you can say to yourself, like for me personally, like I enjoy fitness. I like making money. I like hanging out with friends and family. Like those are there's many others, but those are big things in my life. So if something comes up in, in that area, that's an opportunity. It's clear as day because that's something that I enjoy. But if it's like, okay, now it's something where I have to go like look at cars or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really care about that. It could be a distraction because it's taking me away from time I could be spending time with friends or making money, working, whatever that looks like. So I think once you get clear on what, you are actually interested in it's super simple yeah could you also say that maybe if you spend too much time with friends that that's also a distraction or too much time focus on one thing that that is also a distraction yeah it could be it just all depends the quality of it because i think if you're in a really good like the friend example if you're in a really good circle of friends you guys are working out together pushing each other um, maybe go to church together, whatever the situation is that it's actually beneficial, mm-hmm. then I think it's a great thing. Okay. But if it's a situation where, yeah, you enjoy spending time with your friends, but that time you spend with them is going out to the bars, drinking, sleeping in too late, playing video games, then that is a distraction because it's pulling you away from things that are actually more important. So it depends the quality of time, I would say. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's true. Awesome. So um, when we go through life, I mean, there's always going to be decisions that come up. It's going to be a decision to take an opportunity or a decision to turn down a distraction. How do you guys make big decisions in life? It's weird because whenever I 
have a big decision to make, I'm not going to lie, procrastinate it until it's a game time decision. But when it's a game time decision, I just go with what I feel. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's how I do it. I heard something super great is you have your gut feeling, you have your brain, which um, like thinks things through and uses logic, and then you have your heart. So if your gut instinct is telling you to do something and then your brain is also telling you that it's better to do that same thing and then your heart is also in it, then that's a great decision. Mm -hmm. So if you can get to a point where you're aligning all three of these different sources within your body, I think you'll be pretty good to do what's best for you. That's good. Me personally, I make decisions really fast, really big decisions. Like for instance, moving. I made the move, the decision to move to Texas in one day. Uh, regardless of if you guys came with me or not, I was going to move mm-hmm. to Texas no matter what because I was already set on it. Going to college, my, I was going to go to Penn State. I wasn't going to change. That was set. For me, whenever I have a big decision, I don't know why. It just seems really obvious to me. Like, okay, I could do this or I could just wait to make that decision. And for me... The longer you wait to make especially a really big decision like that, the more unnecessary stress that you just put on yourself. And I think it's just beneficial for everyone who procrastinates to make decisions quickly because you lessen the stress load and you can focus your time on other things that need to get done so you're not worrying about those seemingly so big decisions. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's a very important trait to have when you want to become successful, being able to make decisions rather quickly. And it's something I really want to get better at because I found myself, I'll have an opportunity in front of me or a distraction and I'll say to the person or I'll say to my head, like, okay, I'll decide by Friday, mm-hmm. but I already know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Like, you, you already know what golf, it is. Yeah. Golf, 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 right. <laughs> Anything. Exactly. So I'm very good at like identifying right away what I want to do. I just won't say it right mm. away. I'll delay it for, couple hours couple days like something even us when we're like working in something we'll say to someone oh like we'll reconnect on monday and it's friday like what what's the reason to wait you know we already kind of know what direction we're heading for sure we used to work in solar trying to sell um deals to homeowners and how many times do people say like oh like we got to think it over they already know what they're going to do yeah they already know their decision it's just a a ploy to say like i want to wait and i don't know what they do for me, I don't even think about it. Like, it doesn't really take too much time to think. Yeah, I think, honestly, for the most part, most people don't think about it. Mm-hmm. When they say they need time to think on something, I feel like it's an excuse for them to, one, put it off, but to make it seem like they're thinking about it. Yep. As you said in Solar, whenever people would say to us, okay, come back in a week. I'll let you know in a week. I'll let you know in two weeks. I'll let you know next year. You already know what you're going to do, but... You want me to think that you're, this is like a bigger decision mm-hmm. for you than what it is. And it creates false belief for people, for people around you, for one. And you just delay stress to the future. I think a lot of people don't want to deal with that stress in the moment because there are repercussions to saying no to something or even mm-hmm. saying yes to something there. So they just put it off to the future and hope that it'll go better in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very powerful. The successful people in our society, they act really fast on mm-hmm. stuff. 
um like when trends come about like i remember when like the silly bands like little like fads mm-hmm. when we were younger i mean there's they still exist today we probably just don't know all of them the people that actually like see it understand it and they act on it right away they're the ones that get rich they get in yep. they get out like before the average person thinks about taking action someone's already become rich and got out of it yep so it's a really good quality and a trait to adapt to and like when you think of big decisions if it aligns with your opportunity and what you want to do just start right now because you're just wasting time and other people are getting in the competitions getting their share of the market just do it right away um i think that's the biggest thing that i've learned is like if you think of something someone's probably already done it like look at the stock market i know insider trading is not supposed to be a thing but like yep. if you think that this investment's great so many people already know so many people already got rich off of it if now you're hearing about it or you're thinking about it so it, it goes with all aspects of life, I feel like. It's very hard. I'm going to go off that example that you're using about stock trading for identifying something, identifying a good opportunity for the general public like myself. A big rule in trading is buy, buy the rumor, sell the news. So buy when you're one of the first people to hear about it and then sell when everybody knows about it because that's usually when stuff goes bad. And... For me personally, and a lot of people, it's hard to identify those opportunities. And they're just, they're there, but they're very hard for people to pick up. And I think that's another big problem with people, with people recognizing distractions and opportunities because they're hard to decipher sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, our cousin, shout out David, who got in Lucid super early. Oh, yeah. But Lucid was CCIV. A, a, a Bay Area company. And he's from the Bay. And guess what? He believed in it. He used his brain. He's like, okay, Lucid can be a competitor with Tesla. Lucids are actually good cars. Lucids are here. And he used his heart that I kind of like this company. Mm-hmm. I see them around. Like, I see them driving by my job. And then he followed his gut. And, like, I feel like I'm talking about this hippie stuff, to be honest. But all three of those were aligned. And he made a great op- a great decision to get into the stock. Yep, before many people knew about it. Yeah, so like, I, I think it kind of just goes back to my point. If there's something in life that's like all values are aligned and all the signs are saying like, this is something you should pursue, mm-hmm. then I think that's when... Um, you like take when, action. Yeah, then whenever you, you know that feeling, whenever you have that, that's when action should be taken. Yeah, and it goes both ways too. That's a great example. But we're talking about like the positives here. Like if something seems right, you want to take action as soon as possible. But there's also plenty of times, probably more often than not, that it's going to be a distraction. It's going Mm -hmm. to be something that takes time, money, resources away from you if you decide to pursue it. So it's the same rule of thumb. Take that big decision rather quickly. If something you identify as going to be a distraction, something that's going to suck away time and money from you, say no immediately. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no reason to stall and try to take any action on it. Um, This could be an investment. This could be a relationship, whatever it is. If you have a bad gut feeling about it, I think it's almost better. Like you might hurt some feelings, but it might be better just to say like, no, I'm not going to pursue this right away. And And a lot of times right now in society, the old phrase, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, is it's so applicable to everything. And I think since living down in Texas, I've seen it a lot. There's so many big promises for for money that you can make in jobs, for things that people say that they're pursuing, 
there's so many things that are said that people will portray as good or companies will portray as good and usually they're too good to be true and i think we've seen that all of us have seen that firsthand it's it's very apparent in the world because people will try to oversell you on some sort of idea and that's what's hard about the distractions versus opportunities because something sometimes something can be presented to you as an opportunity and it's so great that you want to jump at it but then it becomes some sort of pit that you're just pouring all your time your money into and it's taking away everything and not giving you what you thought it was going to give you. Mm-hmm. I think the problem with this is people are too desperate today. I agree. Like, Completely agree. If you're desperate for money, you're going to fall for the Indeed application that says earn up to X amount of dollars yep. in commission. You know? uh-huh. yep. If you're desperate for a relationship, you're going to be the one sliding everyone's DMs with like something creepy to say. <laughs> if you're desperate for... like. I don't know, like a, a better body, you're going to be the one like spending too much money on supplements that probably won't even work for you. On hydroxycut. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So desperation like is what puts us into these bad situations. We say that it's going to be great, but it, it never works out. I don't think there's ever been a time in my life, and I'm sure you guys can agree with this. I'm sure everybody can agree with it, that being desperate actually helped. Yeah, like it doesn't work that way. Um, Doesn't help with trying to get a girlfriend doesn't help with trying to make more money doesn't help with anything. Um, You have to kind of just find your common ground and like wait, like you want to take action, but also wait for the right opportunity to come your way, not like become too desperate that you're taking on too many distractions. Yep, distractions are, they're very interesting, because when they're portrayed as an opportunity, that's what keeps you in the same spot. I know a lot of millionaires will say never chase the quick money. Because the quick money always comes and goes, and then you have no skill set to back it up. Mm-hmm. So if you're constantly chasing quick money right now, then whenever you stop making that quick money, if something goes wrong, you can get laid off tomorrow just by any means by the company, goes under a significant pay cut, gets bought out, whatever the case may be. But say you're chasing quick money right now, tomorrow you don't have the quick money, now what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You don't have any skill sets that you developed because you were only focused on what's quick. And in society right now, we're so focused on short-term gratification that we don't really think about our future selves. And if we were building the basis of our future selves, we would be much more better off because we have skill sets to rely on. We know valuable information. We know to wait when the opportunity presents itself, when the right opportunity presents itself. And you're not going to necessarily get, quote unquote, scammed. Yeah. By these short-term fixes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my favorite shows is Shark Tank. And I love it. Just like entertaining to watch. For and sure. See the interesting businesses people have. But something I learned from it very early on when I was watching it was how like these business tycoons are able to say no. And just like there's mm-hmm. an opportunity in front of them that they can make a lot of money. And I'm thinking to myself like these guys are billionaires. Why are they saying no to a $500,000 investment? Like that's penny pocket change to them so i was like always thinking like why is it that well they're not desperate for opportunities they want to work with the right companies and it's a problem a lot of people have like a lot of average people because if someone comes to them and says hey i have this opportunity quote unquote to invest in this business or start this with me a lot of times it probably won't go right if you're not fully bought in but we still say yes because we're like we want we're desperate for like that hope that it's going to be something beneficial to us so 
don't always say yes to everything that comes your way. Like, look at like the successful people. If you just want to be successful, emulate your life and your decisions off of them. Look at Mark Cuban. He'll stare someone straight in the eyes and it's like a great idea. We're watching Shark Tank. Like, oh, cool. I want to buy so much of that. Like, yeah. you know, when they go public, I'm buying shares. Yep. And he's just like, no, this is terrible. You mm-hmm. know, like if you got to look deeper into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're definitely able to look deeper into it. But sometimes they're also wrong as well. Right. I know with Netflix is one, Airbnb is one where they they were looking for VC funding and the venture capitalists just wouldn't allow it because they thought it was going to be a bust. But that's also to say that not everyone sees opportunities. You may have an opportunity where people aren't always going to catch on to it. And it may be seen as a distraction at first, but you can also push through it because on the other side, what people don't see is greatness where you saw an end and most people didn't even see an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing. Don't follow the crowd because the crowd's not always right. Yeah. That's a good lesson right there. And when you say no to something that turns out to be something great in the future, you live with a lot of regret. Yeah. How do you do that? How do you say to yourself, like, I made a poor decision and try to move past it? I think the biggest thing is to know that you made the decision best with the resources that you had available. Because just as easily as, say, Airbnb boomed, it could have flopped. And if it did flop, you put, say, a a couple million dollars, say a five million five million dollar investment and VC funding for the startup of Airbnb. And then it just completely tanked. No one wanted to rent my room upstairs <laughs> for for a night and live with the homies. No one wanted to do that. And you just lost your five million dollars and now you're out of it. So I think it's very hard to live with the regret, but also, you need to know that during that time, you did what you thought was right. Mm-hmm. And that's all you can do. Yeah, I think it kind of just goes based off of what you said, but like using the risk to reward and weighing out your options and saying like, okay, with the knowledge that I have, what's the reward I can make and what's the risk that I can can uh, can lose? And if you're not in a place to be um, super uh, subjective to risk then, you know, maybe like shy away from whatever you're doing. But if you want to put yourself in a super risky situation, then like, I feel like you should just go for it. But living with that regret, ultimately, um, like Ricky said, you have to know that you, as long as you are um, like constantly learning and trying and doing your best that's all you could do because no one can make the right decision 100 percent of the time mm-hmm. it's life we can't save and respawn yeah we, we it, it's what it's what makes life so cool mm-hmm. you know it's hard yeah yeah regret's really tough it's like my biggest fear in life is just having to deal with something that like you regret and not taking the action when you what you were supposed to mm-hmm. um but and like you said, Eric, like it's just part of life. Like everybody has to deal with it yeah, at some it point. And I think also like some peace of mind you can have from it. I use this as like if you make a poor decision in your mind, you're dealing with regret. Just as that opportunity came to you and you turned it down, another opportunity will come. Yep. How many times have you heard in your life a once in a lifetime opportunity? Probably a thousand <laughs> times, right? Like we don't have a thousand lifetimes. We have one. So 
that quote really is false because we always get once in a lifetime opportunities. So <laughs> if you <laughs> that is true. if you turn down like the business opportunity, if you turn down the job, if you turn down that workout partner, that date, another one's just gonna come knocking. And if you keep putting yourself in the position to attract that stuff towards you, you're gonna be find your way to more opportunities down the road. So I think just having like like um like think about baseball if you strike out you don't want to have that deal with you don't want to have that in your mind the rest of the game because you're going to strike out again Mm -hmm. have that short-term mind and go up there and try to swing again yeah that makes sense also the bigger the risk the bigger reward too so if you put yourself in a more risky position the bigger the reward Mm -hmm. go take a hundred thousand dollar loan out from the bank go put it on black twice at the casino and you'll make four hundred (laughs) thousand dollars you can go make $300,000 today, but it's really risky. Do you mm-hmm. really want to lose $100,000? Yep. You can always, there's always ways that you can, you can be great, but the more you risk, the more it's going to reward you. So mm-hmm. just remember that. I agree. So I'm sure all of us have at some point in our life had people, activities, um, habits in our lives that drain us. They're distractions. When you identify one of those, how do you get rid of it? Bro, YouTube. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, any type of entertainment for me is low-key deadly. And I think I'm not alone in this. I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this podcast maybe watch Netflix more than they should, uh, are on TikTok too much, scrolling on Instagram far too often. And I don't know why, but I just get trapped. If I'm watching a YouTube video, I'm like, oh, okay, just let me watch three more. Suddenly, four hours goes by, and I'm like, bro, what did I just do? And it's a really big problem, and honestly, I have not eliminated it, but I have reduced it. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to eliminate because whenever you're choosing something that's fun right now, you don't want to do the boring thing that you know that's going to help you in the future. It's just, it's human nature. We want that dopamine hit. We want that short-term gratification, so we're going to do what's rewarding to us now. But again, focusing on your long, long-term goals, think about your current state. Is your current state where you want to live the rest of your life? If not, be motivated by that and chase better things. Yeah. Um, we talked about it on a previous episode. It's like that difference between conscious and subconscious uh, like distractions. I forget the word we exactly use from it. But everyone knows they're conscious or they're conscious of something that is no benefit to them besides pleasure. And with that, it's super dangerous because how many times do we often repeat it? Every single day, usually, multiple times a day, whatever it is, right? Multiple hours a day. Um, And with that, it's just super hard because we know it's a distraction, but it takes someone so strong. And I think if you can figure it out, you're going to be super successful, but it just takes someone to learn a lot about themselves, care about where they want to go and why they want to go there and have that be more strong than anything else in their life. Mm -hmm. But it first needs to start with someone who's super strong to be able to change that. Yeah, I agree. And just identify it first off, like identifying the YouTube, identifying that something is in alignment with who you want to be in the future and if you want different results, you have to take different actions. Yes. Like if you want to be mm-hmm. someone different, you want a different life, you can't keep doing the same thing that you're doing now. Like Something has to give. If you want more time to spend on starting a business, you have to spend less time on your phone. It's a fact. If you want to elevate as a person, 
might have to get rid of a relationship or something. Like mm -hmm. when I was thinking about this question, like it um, reminded me of like being in my last relationship. It was probably what, like a year and a half long. And honestly, for half of it, like the halfway point, I recognized it went from an opportunity to a distraction and I stuck it out for what's a year, like seven months, seven, eight months yeah. more. And I did the, the whole time knowing it was a distraction and knowing that, okay, I need to get out of this. And then like, okay, I'll wait till next week, then next week. And that, and it just yeah. kept going on and on. And then it got to a point where I was finally like, I have to do this to actually change myself as a person and change my current circumstances. Because if you don't identify that this is an issue and actually take action on it, like you'd still be in the same situation today. I would not be the person I am today if I stuck it out, you know? Facts. Um, you would not be. <laughs> Bro evolved. Yeah. So it's very important. Like you just got to do it quick. Um, nobody wants to do it. Everyone, everybody wants to stay complacent to some level in their life. They don't yeah. want to change too much about their habits, their routine, the people around them. But um, once you do it once, it becomes so much easier because you can see how beneficial it can be. And it's easier to now say like, okay, I said no to this distraction before, now I can do it again and again. Yeah, um, I don't know if I really agree with that, that once you do it once, it gets, it does get, you know, open your eyes but then the hard part is like falling back into it after because it's comfortable. And people, including myself, don't like to feel uncomfortable. So we go back to what it was. And that's just the hard part of it, mm -hmm. right? And it, I heard, um, as you kind of alluded to, to be something great, you're going to have to do stuff you've never done before. You're going to have to take a different route of action. Um, I... I, I I don't know, like, it kind of relates to this, but um, I heard someone say, like, if you want to kill yourself, throw yourself in water and try to drown. You're not, you're, you're not going to drown because you don't want to drown. You don't want to kill yourself. You want to kill something inside of you. Mm -hmm. And right, and, and that's what we should be focusing on. We should be focusing on that weaker inner part of us that we're trying to eliminate and build up that, you know, that inner victor. Yeah. It's very hard, though. Matt, like you were talking about your relationship, for someone to even identify the fact that, okay, this relationship is a distraction to me. Because it's very hard for people to admit, you don't want to admit that to yourself. Yeah. You may love the person, you may like the person, whatever, however deep you may be in a relationship. Maybe you're in it for three years, maybe you're in it for 10 years, and you've been in it for five years too long, mm -hmm. and you need to get out. But it's super hard for people to, especially in relationships, I would say, to identify like, this is a distraction to me. I need to change, but I'm too scared to do it. What would your advice be to someone who is in any distracting situation to change their current situation? Hmm. Well, first, why is it distracting? Um, because some things could be fixable. Like, if, is it distracting just because they want to spend too much time with you and it's taking time away from working or doing something else? Okay, that's very easy. You can have a conversation and say, okay, I see you five days a week, can we just try three days for a couple of weeks and just see how that is so I can spend more time elsewhere? I think that's pretty simple in my opinion, um, as long as there's not a lot of backlash for not spending <laughs> five days together. But if it's something deeper, like they don't align with your goals, they don't like when you hang out with this person, whatever, um, that's obviously something that might not be fixed in the future. Um, just with a conversation. So I think understand like what level of distraction is this? Is this something that uh, can be fixed with a conversation or is this something that 
is just you don't see eye to eye with. It's two different persons, two different personalities. Um, and then from there, if this is something that can be fixed, have a conversation. Just say, hey, this is who I am. This is who, what's important to me. Because at the end of the day, like we have to look out for ourselves first. The Maslow's yeah. hierarchy of needs. You need to take care of yourself before anyone else. So mm -hmm. if you're not getting fulfilled, that's a problem because you can't show up as your best self for someone else. For sure. And if it's something that you think is a little bit deeper, you can still have a conversation, but go into it saying like, okay, I need to change in my life. Be like, okay, I want to go here. You want to go here. Maybe we don't see eye to eye with this. Maybe we need some changes. And there's no hard feelings. It's just we're two different people yeah. in this stage in our life. So um, I think just open up with a conversation. If it works out, that's great. But you have to identify that you have to understand there needs to be change for this to continue. You can't just have a conversation and go back to the same situation. I think that's the problem for a lot of people is when they realize it, an opportunity turns into a distraction, they, that means they're going to have to get uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people don't like. Yeah, Uncom tough. Yeah, uncomfort kills us. Or it makes us grow, but it feels like it's killing us in the moment. We don't want to deal with the arguments. We don't want to deal with the backlash. We don't want to deal with the repercussions of what happens after we get uncomfortable. So we choose to say, stay in those comfortable situations for longer than is really required and is really necessary for us. And it just turns into a waste of time. Mm -hmm. So for anybody that's in a situation like that, where an opportunity turned into a distraction, no matter what, it's going to be uncomfortable. And you just have to face that uncomfort and honestly just get over it. Yeah, I agree. And once you get out of that distraction, I think a lot of us stay away from it for a long time because we're mm -hmm. afraid that's just going to go bad, back to a bad situation. Mm -hmm. Like you get out of a relationship that's a distraction. You want to stay single for like two years before you get into something because you think everything after that's going to be a distraction. Or if you quit your job and x industry you don't ever want to work in x industry again with a different company because you think it's going to be a distraction but there are better opportunities out there mm. um, you can find something that was a distraction before with someone else some job else something else that's actually an opportunity so yep. you'll get back on your feet just understand like we talked about at the beginning who are you as a person what do you want and identify this is who I am, this is the opportunity I need, and then kind of just match make yourself. Yeah, nice, I like it. Yeah, I think that's so good. What I'm kind of getting as everyone's talking and I'm just kind of observing and listening, um, we need to first figure out who we want to be and yeah. what that identity is, and then where we are right now, right? It's literally sales, like where do we want to be, where are we right now, and how can we fill this gap? Mm -hmm. Can it, and, and I think a common denominator with a lot of people is that gap is yourself holding you back because maybe it is the fear of failure, the fear of rejection, the fear of success, whatever it is, you need to kill that inner part of yourself that is limiting you to get to where you want to be. Yep. Yeah, I completely agree. Like change is right. essential. Change is important to get to where you want to be. And you got to identify the change. You actually have to undertake it. But talking about all this, like, it sounds great. It sounds like change is so easy. But I think a lot of people run into an issue where you eliminate a distraction and then fill it with another distraction. So, yes, Ricky, yes, that's you good. talked about that's YouTube. Good. Like, if a person, um, like, I'll just single you out. Like, let's say you, you want to 
stop doing YouTube for, mm -hmm. let's say you watch it three hours a day right now and you want to go down to zero. Mm -hmm. Chances are that three hours is not replaced with reading, working out, yep. studying, whatever. Mm -hmm. There's going to be now more time on Instagram and TikTok, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like natural human tendencies. So for most people, they get rid of these distractions like, all right, I'm going to stop drinking alcohol. Well, now you're smoking weed or, mm -hmm. you know, something different. I'm going to stop watching YouTube. Okay, now you're watching Netflix. Mm -hmm. And it's just always like finding the next distraction because 24 hours is a long time. We have a lot of time in our day. If you eliminate like an hour or two of a distraction, you have so much more time, but we oft often go back to something similar. So let's say you just cleared up a distraction. You cleared out a relationship, some bad habit, a job. How can you fill that time with something that's more opportunity? That's a great question. That's a hard question. It's a very hard question. I'm not even going to lie because I honestly don't know if I figured that one out myself. <laughs> I'm going to be super honest. Hey, man, if I say I want to reduce my YouTube from three hours to one hour, you best believe I'm filling the other two hours with Netflix. <laughs> like, like, I'm not even trying to be funny, but it's just really so real that just distractions are just genuinely so powerful and it's so hard to break that cycle of... You know you need to do something productive, but you just want to do this in the moment. Mm -hmm. And that moment turns into what feels like just a moment, but eight hours. Yep. And I, I, I don't know if I'm best qualified to give advice on how to, on how to change that, to be honest. Yeah. Like me talking about like your identity, whatever, of what you want to be. I... You know, I, I hear a lot of things. <laughs> I listen to a lot of things, but I've done heard this other thing. Oh, my and, God. Bro <laughs> just hears everything, huh? And it is, you will be successful whenever you want to be more successful than you want to breathe. Mm. But guess what? Most bro, what if you stop breathing? Mo mo most people, most people don't even want to be more successful than sleep. Success is not more a more of a priority than sleep mm. because people will gladly go to sleep. Mm. Success is not as high of a priority as your current job. Success is not as high of a priority as eating, mm. right? People won't put this stuff away. But guess what? If you want success more than you want to breathe, then you're going to find a way to get to where you want to be. Um, it's just maybe the fact that that this this uh life that we want is so far away that it kind of makes us feel like we can slack off a little because oh we'll get there eventually but when you have that ultimate desire of this is what i want to do and i'm going to do everything at all costs you better believe that you're going to use all 24 hours in a day to get to where you want to be that, but no one has that urgency yeah and i think that's the problem is there's very few people, if any in the world, that have that type of urgency. It's so easy to give someone an actionable step to say, just be more desireful of what you want in the future. Mm -hmm. But what can someone do right now to be like, I'm going to stop replacing my bad habits with bad habits and replace my bad habits with good habits? Yeah, well, I want to take a step back. I think I love the message of like, you want to be more successful or you want to be successful Thank you. More than you want yeah, to sleep. But yeah, that, that was good. The issue I see with this is obviously everyone defines success differently. Mm -hmm. There mm. could be someone who sees success as making $80,000 a year, having a wife, two kids, 
a dog, live in a neighborhood and have a great life. And that's success to them. Like they can achieve that with their current situation and still watch TV three hours a day. Mm -hmm. They could still have distractions, but be successful in their own way. They could be healthy. They could be happy. So yeah, I mean, I think if you want to be like the top 1%, a fraction of the 1%, then yeah, you have to be all in and want it more than you sleep. But it's different for everyone, you know, like that some people true. could be successful right now, but still watch TikTok every single second they get, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's so it's very unique for people's lives. You know, one thing interesting I heard is another thing you heard. <laughs> oh, you got to stop. Saying I think it was that. Jay Shetty. But 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 I but I did hear it All right, go. is success is how others view you. So elaborate. So like. You yourself never, it, it's hard to look at yourself as successful. It's you've achieved whatever you've achieved. When at a point can you say, I'm successful? If you have a million dollars, would you say I'm successful? I don't know. You've never had a million dollars, but probably not because you're always going to be wanting more. Success is how you look at another person and say, oh, they live in a, a penthouse that's or uh, just maybe even a high rise, that's $5,000. They're doing good for themselves. They're kind of successful, right? Success is the label that we put on other people. We, we don't classify ourselves as successful. And I'm sure you can ask maybe even billionaires, and would they classify themselves as successful? I don't really know. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. No, no, that was actually really good. Because I was, while you was cooking, I was thinking about times... In my life, from when I was a kid, what I viewed as successful. When I saw a teacher in our school, I would think, wow, that person's successful. They have a house. They have a steady yep. job. A car. <laughs> a car. Yeah, that is success. As I got older, as I hit maybe 15, I started seeing supercars and high and really expensive houses. And I'm like, ooh, that's success. Then the older I got, I saw people with influence. People who can influence countries and billions of people and that's success my didn't my definition of success and my perspective of it was ever evolving so yes eric i completely agree when you say that it's it's a basis that people view you as and it's really hard for you to view yourself as successful mm -hmm. because because you always want more yeah and, and something interesting like like honestly your whole po podcast Matt's whole podcast. Check out Define Success Podcast. Thank Shout you. out. Um, like, I think it's so hard for people to define success because it's like, okay, I'll be successful when I do this and, you know, whenever I help people and I make this much money or whatever. But no, that's not going to be success because you won't feel successful. Successful is literally the perception of how we view others. Mm. Um, Bro might have just unearthed something. Yeah. Um, going back to, um, distractions, a big thing I think was like time and like pertaining to all of this success. I'm not going to say it, but now what'd you hear? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to say it, but I did see okay. something about, um, next up you smelt something, huh? Yeah. Fear is all tied to one thing. And that one thing is time. And that one thing could be death, which is time on this earth. It could be fear of um, failure because you didn't put enough time into something. It's all related to time. Mm -hmm. So when I was saying like 
if you want it more than you have to breathe and you can maybe do what's right the very next decision. You don't have to focus on 10 years from now, but just do what's right the next time you have the opportunity. Then you won't have to be fearful about wasting time. You won't have to put yourself in a position where these fears are coming up, where these distractions are coming. Mm -hmm. Because I, I truly think everything is related to the, the lack that comes that we feel we have, the lack we feel in pertaining to time. I'm not going to lie, Eric. You're dropping gems right now. Yeah. And I know. I'm tired too. <laughs> and seriously, the way we perceive time is so skewed. And it has been something I thought about, but not till you said that. The way we perceive time is so skewed because we think that we have so long. We say, say we live to 100 years, which not many people do. But just say we live to 100 years. That seems like such a long time. In the grand scheme of things, the universe is 11.2 billion years old. The earth is 4.5 billion years old. What's 100 years? Mm -hmm. It's literally nothing. It's just a blink, and then you're out of this world. But we think we have so much time that we push whatever we have to do, whatever's productive, off until tomorrow because we always think there's going to be more time, there's going to be more time, there's going to be more time. Because in the past, we've always had more time to get something done until a deadline was approached or something of that nature. But realizing time isn't always given. Things can change in an instant. You could die in three seconds. This whole planet could just be blown up by a meteorite that just hits Earth. We all die. Boom. Over. I think realizing that time is more of an asset than we all use it as and just being grateful for us having the time to move about in the future because we really do take time for granted because we always push what we have to do into the next day, the next week, the next month mm -hmm. because we always think we have more of it. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. And also, how many times do people have like an empty schedule and they'll still say, Oh, let me think about it. Let me do it tomorrow. <laughs> Bro, like, what are you doing? Like, you, you've been thinking. Yeah, like, they always <laughs> just want to wait because they think that decision, they think that opportunity, they think that habit will take too much time, so yeah. they don't do it. Well, studies show that the best habits that stick with people are ones that are the shortest. So instead of saying, like, we use the example of reducing three hours of YouTube, if you want to replace that with reading, do not tell yourself tomorrow I'm going to read for three hours because you're not going to do it. Yeah, no one wants and to if, do that. And if you, by somehow, some means do it, you're going to be miserable. Like, yep. there's no chance you enjoy that. That's a dramatic change. That's like saying that you're overweight and you're going to run a marathon tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So instead of that, how about you read for two minutes? That's it. All you need is two minutes. Now you dip your toes in the water. You see how it feels to read. You see how it feels to learn, you know, do something new. And you finish those two minutes, your timer goes off, you probably finish like one page, maybe two pages, and you're like, wow, I can do more. I can start doing this pretty often. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're busy that day, you put the book down, but then at night, you're like, okay, I want to finish that chapter. So instead of saying, tomorrow I want to run five miles, go literally do one sprint past like five houses. Just get the running shoes on, go through the motions, start that small habit because if you try to be so dramatic, you're not. You're just gonna fall back to your old habits. Everyone's tried it before. Everyone's tried to go from waking up at 11 a.m. to waking up 6 a.m. the next day and doing a whole morning routine. It does not work, right? Mm -hmm. You you go back to sleep. You you fall into your same old habits the next day, or you take a nap, whatever. So, I think just start small. 
And another thing to go along with this is just because you eliminate a distraction does not mean an opportunity is going to come to you the next day. Yep. You're not going to stop watching YouTube and the next day there's an amazing job opportunity just in your email in inbox. No. Yeah. What you could start doing to fill with these habits is what opportunities do I want? What people are crushing it in, the, in those fields? So what? who's someone you guys look up to in like the business? Iman Gaji. Okay. Yep. I would say him as well. So what does he do? What are his daily habits? What does he eat? What does he drink? What does he watch? Do that. What about fitness? Rip Joe aesthetics. Yeah. Joe, what did he do? You know, what was he eating? What was he working out in the gym? What time was he waking up? Do that same thing. Yeah. And if you emulate the, the lives of successful people that have the opportunities that you want, they're just going to come more abundantly, abundantly to you. Yeah, that that's really good. I think another big thing that I thought of when you were thinking of that was how hard it is for us to start a new habit. So you're going to read a book, but you've never read a book before. So it's going to seem like you need so much energy to build up just to even open that book. Or you're going to go to the gym and you've never went to the gym. So it's going to seem like you need so much energy to even get out of the door to go to the gym. The biggest thing that you can do is make that habit as easy as possible. And I'm running Atomic Habits right now. And this goes along exactly with what we're talking about right now. Make it as easy as possible. Mm -hmm. If you're going to go to the gym, put your... Put your shoes by the door, plan your outfit out the day before, yep. leave your backpack on the counter, leave your keys out, go right when you wake up, just so you don't think about it. If you want to read at night, put the book on your pillow, so the first thing you see when you get in your bed, after you make it in the morning, hopefully if after you make it, is the book on your pillow, so mm -hmm. you're forced to pick it up, either to move it or maybe to read it. Yeah. Just make the habit that you want to do much easier to do, because... In reality, a lot of us are lazy. We want to do things with the least amount of energy as possible. And if you're in constant, and if, if you're in a constant cycle of trying to overcome things and trying to overcome the hardest task, it's going to wear on you and it's not going to last very long. There's going to be no longevity in that. So you want to make it as easy as possible. Mm -hmm. Completely agree. Yeah, and, and also, don't get intimidated by people with great opportunities like that are doing. Things you, you mentioned reading. If you look at someone, like I've had people message me before because I post yes. about reading and stuff. This is good. And they're just like, you know, like I've read 20 books so far this year. Mm -hmm. I'm on track to read as much as I ever have in a year. And people might, and people have like reached out and like, oh, I can never do that. I don't have time. Like I don't read right now. Like what can I do? Like just start little by little. If you're looking at someone who makes a lot of money, you made no money today you're probably going to be intimidated and be like, oh, I can't do it. But yep. just start one little thing and like these opportunities will start to come if you just take the small daily actions and eliminate the distractions, fill with something new, but it doesn't have to be a full day thing. Just start yeah. small. It's very funny that you brought up the reading thing. I'm not even kidding. I was in the shower thinking about this the other day. You read about 25 books last year, right? I think last, 28. 28 books. Last year, I think I read 9 or 10. I don't know. This year, I think I've already read nine or 10. Mm -hmm. So I'm on track to do maybe around 20. Yeah. And if I look at what I did last year, my 10 compared to your 28, I'm going to be like, bro, like, come on. Mm -hmm. I'm so far behind. I have so much work to do. And those, and considering it took me a year to read 10 books, well, even though I didn't start the entire year reading books, that doesn't matter. But 
those eight that 18 book difference that's going to seem so daunting to me that it's going to seem like such a challenge for me to even read one book mm -hmm. that i don't want to do it but this year i'm on track to read 20 maybe more books so i can't compare myself to what you do mm -hmm. you are way above me in the book in the book realm you read way faster than i do you read way more than i do but i can't compare myself to that I can only compare myself to what I did last year. Mm -hmm. I'm going to double what I did last year. Yep. And that's great. That's progress. Don't get distracted by looking at what others are doing. It's always good to look at what others are doing because it's motivating. Like it's motivating to me that you're reading maybe 40 books this year. That's amazing because it makes me want to be better. Mm -hmm. But I can't let myself compare myself to you because then it's going to seem like such a challenge that we're, that I'm going to fall back into my old habits. Right. And everybody starts somewhere. Like. Yeah. You could, yeah. you could call my roommate from sophomore year and he'll tell you that I read the same book for probably a whole semester. I'd read like three pages and call my girlfriend. <laughs> just like, yeah. And I wouldn't pick it up for a week. So <laughs> it's just like, that's what I started as. And I like, yeah. it took so long to get there. So, you know, take baby steps and everybody starts somewhere. Yeah, that's good. Very good. This is good. I know we got like a little bit sidetracked different ways, but I think it all just comes together always try to find opportunities, eliminate the distractions and align these daily actions with your overall purpose. And you're going to live a much better life. Yeah. Just eliminate distractions. Yeah. I think the best tip that I can give is don't focus on too much on, you know, the future. Cause that gets a little scary when thinking about it. Just do what's right next. Mm -hmm. You know, what's right next. Do just what's do what's right next. Yep. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the next chapter podcast. We upload every Tuesday and Thursday, so stay on the lookout for the next episode. We'll catch you on the next one. Deuces!